Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at the 1950 Trent UFO sighting. That's correct, the 1950 Trent UFO sighting. Now, this is something we've covered before, but we've got a couple good articles on it, and I think it bears looking into. Of course, the Trent UFO sighting happened over there in McMinnville, Oregon. This would be about halfway between Portland and Seattle, if you look on the map. I have to think back in 1950, this place probably wasn't that built up. Had they been pretty rural, I don't know, almost getting close to Bigfoot country, I think. But what makes this uh, sighting so incredible is that the people that saw it had the foresight to snap a couple pictures. Went back at the house, get the camera, take the picture. You know, 1950, you're still doing with dealing with a lot of uh, rudimentary stuff, at least on the retail level. But it, the pictures are, are pretty good. I mean, some people would say spectacular. And that's what makes this case, uh, I think so important is that we have these pictures and either you believe them or you think these two uh, simple farmers were able to pull off one of the biggest um, UFO photo scams uh, known to man. And I don't see how that could be the case because these people, as far as I know, never really were enriched off of this. But let's get into the article. It comes to us from KOIN.com. It's uh, written by Andrew Forn. It says, Oregon's extraterrestrial history, the 1950 Trent UFO sighting. It begins by saying, Portland, Oregon. Scientists have long been kept up at night by one question. Are we alone in the universe? The McManus UFO Fest is celebrating its 23rd year this weekend. But did you know that Oregon's extraterrestrial roots run much deeper? The UFO Fest found its home in McMinnville in 1999, 49 years after a local UFO sighting became national news. Because on it says, as the story goes, on May 11, 1950, Evelyn Trent was feeding the chickens and rabbits on her farm just outside of McMinnville when she looked up to the sky and saw the disc-shaped object floating overhead. She quickly ran back to the farmhouse, yelling for her husband, Paul Trent, to get the camera. Now, that's what you call quick thinking. When the pair emerged from their house, camera in hand, they said the disc could still be seen in the sky moving west. That is when Paul raised the camera and took the now infamous photos. You know, I don't know why they're infamous. I, I think they're fascinating myself. According to the UFOs Festival website, it took another month for Paul to, to develop the photos and even longer to share them with anyone because he was worried about exposing a government experiment or secret project. Remember, this is just after World War II, during the, I believe the Korean conflict was going on. Uh, you didn't have cell phones, of course, and you had to send your film away to get developed, and sometimes it took a while. And, you know, 1950, that's a world away from now. Finally, Paul shared the photos with his friend, Frank Wortman, who then went on to share the story with the local newspaper, the Telephone Register. It's got a picture here of the uh, headline, Farmer's Camera Captures Movement of Flying Object. 
says the camera Paul Trent Route 3 McMinnville captured the above photo of flying objects which might very well be the only pictures in existence of the highly controversial and off-scoffed at flying saucers taken nearly a month ago from the backyard of his farm home 11 miles southwest of McMinnville Trent's pictures were unearthed when a telephone register reporter followed tip given by Ralph and Frank Wortman McVinville bankers. So, okay, well, a local banker. This is a guy who has a reputation to risk. Anyway, it says, from there, the story blew up, spreading from the small town paper to other local sources in nearby Portland, and then going national with features from the Associated Press and Life magazine. The whole situation became a media circus, with the trends traveling and appearing on multiple national news shows, and of course, with the photo's popularity, came skeptics of their authenticity. You know, it's hard to believe these guys could have faked these things. I don't know. Eventually, the media attention settled down. But that didn't stop investigators from the Air Force and Federal Bureau of Investigation from allegedly looking into the situation and later sharing that they couldn't find anything to convince them that the photos were fake. Later in the 1960s, the Condom Committee, a U.S. Air Force-funded UFO research project, based at the University of Colorado and led by physicist Edward U. Condon, also looked into the sighting. The original negatives that Paul had developed in 1950 had disappeared sometime during the original frenzy, allegedly misplaced by the New York television program, We the People. However, it was during Condon's investigation that the negatives reappeared. Well, how convenient. The Condon Committee also went on to state that there was nothing leading them to believe that the photos were fake. There is no way to know for sure if the UFO sighting was a real or a hoax, but those negatives have still never been debunked to this day. You know, this whole idea that you have to prove something's not a hoax, it's kind of like, um, you know, proving that you're not guilty of something. You don't prove you're not guilty. They have to prove that you are guilty. You know, this whole idea of proving a negative. UFO Fest is already underway in various locations around McMinnville and ends on Sunday. It is probably the best people watching you could ever imagine, says Daniel Chisholm, director, direct, district manager for, for Mick McNannick's History Hotel, Historic Hotel, and board president of McMinnville Downtown Association, told KOIN 6 News. You'll see some great costumes. You'll see people who speak their own little alien language. And you get to come to one of America's best downtowns in McMinnville. That yeah, looks like a nice uh, small city. Right? I think it's around 34,000, 35,000 people. It's interesting how every time you have one of these uh, really famous UFO sightings, the city fathers turn it into a weekend um, UFO event, which is fine. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of serious discussion going on. Just people going there having fun. Uh, maybe attract some people that uh, are looking at the lighter side of the whole UFO thing. Really a fascinating case. Now, I want to look at one other uh, news report on this thing, which I thought was also interesting about this case, just because we have these pictures. And I'll go ahead and I'll put links, of course, over there on the Buy Me a Coffee website and try to get some up on the uh, UFOWarning.com site as well. And you can take a look at these pictures for yourself. I, I think they're fascinating. Now, this other article comes to us from uh, Enigma Labs. That's E-N-I-G-M-A-L-A-B-S dot 
O, and I'll have a link to that over the Buy Me a Coffee website. It's dated April 28th, 2023. It's got a map here on the website. Pretty cool. Shows you where the sighting happened at. And then it's got the pictures. And these things are just, I just love them. It's just so classic 1950. I just, you know, I just see two simple farmers here, hardworking people, saw this UFO come over. The wife sees it. She's like, wow. Now they probably had heard about Roswell. Maybe, I don't know. They probably heard about the other flying saucers seen there in Washington. But she knew what? She knew enough to get her camera. And of course, that's when you had these little retail cameras were really starting to become popular in the 40s and 50s. And she snaps this classic black and white photo. Got a couple pictures here. And the one close up, it's really neat. It looks like a, like you're just classic, classic 1950s uh, flying saucer. But it's got something on top of it, almost like a periscope, it looks like. Maybe an antenna. Weird. Now, it says Paul Trent's first UFO photo, and then it has a picture of it. And then it has, a, it has the uh, close-up, and then it says summary. The Minville UFO photographs, which are also known as a Trent UFO photos, refer to two photographs of unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP. They were taken by farming couple Paul and Evelyn Trent in Yamhill County near the city of McMinnville, Oregon, in the northeastern United States on 11th of May, 1950. The photos were the photos are often considered by some to be among the most famous photographs ever taken of a UAP. A scientific investigation commission by nuclear physicist Edward U. Condon determined the photographs to be consistent with eyewitness testimony and that they had indeed seen an extraordinary flying object. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, you know, pretty much the expert of the time, Edward Condon, uh, like they said, nuclear physicist, looks at the pictures and says, yeah, it looks like a UFO to me. Goes on, it says, background, at around 7.45 p.m. on May 11, 1950, Evelyn Trent claims to have spotted an unknown object in the sky. She had been feeding the family rabbits in the yard of the couple's farm. Of course, you know, back then, people ate rabbits. After doing so, Evelyn was walking back toward the house when she looked up and saw a flying metallic disc moving in her direction. Describing what she saw, Evelyn said the object was like a good-sized parachute canopy without the strings, only silver bright mixed with bronze. Later she would recall it was as pretty as anything I ever saw. It's funny how people develop sometimes these emotional connections to these things. Either they think, wow, that's beautiful, or they think, wow, that's pretty scary. Evelyn then ran into the house to find her husband, Paul Trent. After finding Paul, Evelyn then picked up their Kodak camera from the car and raced into the yard. Paul described seeing a, quote, a round, shiny, wingless object hovering in the sky. It was then that Paul, a 43-year-old farmer, took two photographs of the object before the UFO disappeared. Recounting what occurred after the UFO disappeared, Evelyn, when speaking to her husband, Paul, said, after you took the picture of it coming in and then going back out, the wind that came down had 
No mortar or no smoke or nothing, just like the wind. <laughs> After you, <laughs> the grammar seems to be kind of disorganized there. After you took the picture of it coming in and then going back out, the wind that came down had no motor or no smoke or nothing, just the wind. In other words, this thing was moving silently. Like so many of the others, no sound, no smoke, no motor, nothing, just moving silently through the air. Despite the photographs being taken in May, they were not developed until weeks afterward when the roll of film had been entirely used up. Well, that's what you did back in the day. It says they lived 12 miles from town. Uh, who knows what kind of car they had? And, you know, it just you just didn't uh, make unnecessary trips. After developing the photographs, the Trents hid the photographs, thinking they had captured secretive military aircraft, which may get them in trouble. Remember, 1950, I could totally understand why they would do that. But the Trents did mention the photographs to some friends, which led to one, which led one of them to obtain and put them in the window of McMillville's United States National Bank. And I think that friend was actually the banker. It was then that a reporter spoke to the couple and persuaded them to provide the negative so they could be published. Two local Oregon newspapers, the McMillville Telephone Register and the Oregonian, published the photos in June 1950, a month after Paul Trent took them. The McMinnville Telephone Register, which published the story first on the 8th of June 1950, added an editor's note to accompany the photographs, which started, In view of the variety of opinion and reports attendant to the sauces over the past two years, every effort has been made to check Trent's photos for authenticity. Expert photographers declared there has been no tampering with the negatives. The original photos were developed by a local firm. After careful consideration, there appears to be no possibility of hoax or hallucination connected with the pictures. Therefore, the telephone register believes them authentic. Wow. The photographs quickly grabbed national attention when Life magazine published the photographs on the 26th of June, 1950. During this time, skeptics called the Trents liars and poked so much fun at the couple that community leaders from the area offered to sign affidavits swearing to the Trents character. Soon after the photographs were published, the United States Air Force and FBI investigators visited the Trents farm to interview the couple. Paul Trent recalls telling the USAF investigators the object was coming in toward us and seemed to be tipped up a little bit. Trent added, it was very bright, almost silvery, and there was no noise. According to the Trents, the UAP was estimated to be 20 or 30 feet in diameter. So they've seen this thing. They, you know, they, they get the pictures out there, and it sounds like the debunkers went on a, an immediate campaign to deperson these poor people. The Trents became celebrities for a brief time following the coverage. They were flown to New York to appear on a television show named We the People and loaned the photograph negatives to the International News Service, which circulated them worldwide. The Trents apparently never received any money for the photos, and the negatives were not returned to them for decades, supposedly having been misplaced. Gotta wonder what happened there. In 1967, the U.S. Air Force commissioned nuclear physicist Edward U. Condon to lead an exhaustive UAP study. The study's 950-page report, titled Scientific Study of Unidentified Flying Objects, all known as, also known as the Condon Report, dismissed most of the reported sightings covered, but it stated, referring to the McMinnville photographs, that at least one showing a disc-shaped object in flight over Oregon is classed as difficult to explain in a conventional way. And otherwise, it's a UFO. In 1966, a panel headed by Condon had sent an investigator named William K. Hartman to review the Trent sighting. Hartman had been known for debunking many purported UAP images, but he couldn't explain the case. Hartman wrote, 
that the McVinville case was, quote, one of the few UFO reports in which all factors investigated appear to be consistent with the assertion that an extraordinary flying object, silvery, metallic, disc-shaped, tens of meters in diameter, and evidently artificial flew within sight of two witnesses. One of the most compelling details highlighted by Hartman involved photometric analysis of the images. He noted that the brightness of the underside of the object appeared to be lighter than the underside of the oil tank seen in the images. This analysis suggests the object was further from the camera than the tank, which can be seen in the photographs, not small local objects. So in other words, this thing wasn't some sort of put up deal where they, where they hung up a pie tan, took a picture of it. He says, if the object is a model suspended from the wire only a few meters away, its surface is some 37% brighter than that of the tank, and the shaded side is probably more than 40% brighter than the side of the tank. But this is nearly impossible to maintain in the face of the in the photometry. Although the distance houses surface, although the distance houses surface is roughly twice as bright as the tank surface. Its shadow can be only a few percentage brighter intrinsically than those on the tank. This is basically the problem that was suggested by initial inspection of the photos. The shadowed side of the UFO appears to be so bright that it suggests significant scattering between it and the observer. Although refusing to rule out the possibility of a hoax, Hartman concluded that his tests argue against fabrication. So here we have a world-famous debunker saying, doesn't look like it's a hoax to me. The Condon report reached this conclusion despite Evelyn Trent's history of seeing strange objects in the sky. Having told the Oregonian in 1950 that she had seen flying saucers by the coast on three separate occasions, but no one would believe me. But that doesn't make her less believable. That makes her more believable to me because some people just see these things a lot more often than other people do. And then it goes on and it has a little bit of skepticism. We don't really care about that. It says the legacy, the photographs remain contentious with skeptics continuing to argue that they were hoaxed or faked while believers control, contend that the photographers show evidence of real UAP. It is claimed that the trends never changed their story up until their deaths. Evelyn died in 1997 and Paul in 1998. The interest in the case led to an annual UAP festival established at McVidville, which is reportedly the second largest such festival in the USA after the one held in Roswell, New Mexico. Look, the pictures are there. They're in your face. You can either believe them, not believe them, or say, I just don't know. But I think this is one of the most convincing uh, recorded UFO cases. 1950, you, you have a couple of, of, like I said, simple farmers out here in the middle of nowhere. They don't have Photoshop. They don't have computers. They just got their little Kodak camera and they had the presence of mind to snap a couple pictures. And that's why I just love this Trent UFO case. Until next time, UFO warning over and out.